say, Colin? <laughs> you know, for me, you're in the future. Like, uh, like a man on the moon or in a tin pan. Welcome to the Eat Radio Podcast. And here's your host, Colin Pope from Eat Magazine. Welcome back to the Eat Magazine podcast. And here we are at the Gibson Valley Winery. We are about to finish lunch. And just before we do, Chris very generously is going to really take us on a bit of a walk through some of the wines, some of the vineyards, the places the wine is growing, and give us a sense really of what goes into some of the making of particularly of China Terrace and uh, the old schoolhouse, some of these other places we've been talking about. So let's jump straight into it and grab the second glass of wine with lunch. Cheers. The conversation I wanted to have with you is that you know, somebody turned up at a party the other night and they just said, yeah, don't you just love the label? That's why I bought it. And so we see these creative, funky, spunky labels, which we have seen for quite some time now. Um, but when they started appearing, they were kind of new kids on the block. What were your thoughts on that when they started kind of coming out with more outrageous names and outrageous labels and kind of uh, this creative burst outside of the bottle onto the, onto the label? What did you think? Um. Yeah, we were talking about, uh, I was at lunch yesterday, talking to some um, uh, friends who, Budweiser did an energy drink um, 10 years ago, and it was called B to the E. Oh, yeah. Budweiser and the energy, some sort of, um, they they can date very fast. Um, I don't know if you drink B to the E now. Okay. It sounds very 90s. Yeah. Um, if, I like it, because I like, I mean, the... The craft beer revolution, for example, right. is probably yeah. the, uh, the, a really good example of how things have um, blossomed and you get uh, small, um, very temporal, yep. so the seasonal beers, yep. things like that, that come and they go and they're fun. So I I, um, I generally like them, actually. Yep. And I think that's, that's cool because wine has taken itself so seriously over, over many years. I think it needs to... Um, uh, perhaps loosen up mm. from some of that. And mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with um, having some bursts of creativity and enthusiasm. And do you think perhaps in some way an extra fact craft beer has not led that revolution, but certainly given wine a damn good run for its money, a bit yeah. of a charge, yeah? Yeah, I totally agree with mm. that. I think it's uh, uh, really nice the way, uh, um, yeah, wine, um, it, it's gone. That um, It's allowed you to look at a shelf and say, what am I going to dry uh, try tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I suppose the that's not one way to command uh, brand loyalty, though, is it? No, it's so there's a challenge, having, isn't there? Yeah, and that's that's one thing. I, I, I guess you know, they're dealing on small scale production, and if, if you if it's that sort of plethora of, of labels and things, um, then. People are constantly exploring. Nothing wrong with that, though. I, I like constantly exploring. In, in yeah. Um, and there's no reason why you can't um, can't have multiple little seasonal things on a on a winery um, release uh, as well. So uh, I, I know a lot of wineries are doing that around here. 
um, venturing into orange wines or, um, or natural wines or no sulfur wines, doing, doing um, pretty cool artistic labels with that as well. So, um, yeah. So, first wine is yeah. the 2015 Gibson Valley Red Shed Pinot Blanc. It's quite a rare varietal Pinot Blanc. Uh, yeah, so what do, um, I'm thinking, I'm not really drinking much of it because I'm not seeing much of it. There's not much of it around. Yeah, it's... Comes out of yeah, Alsace, okay. Germany. Um, yep. Yeah, that sort of uh, aromatic, uh, slightly mouth-filling um, varietal that most people don't know what on earth to expect or what, what on earth to do with. And is that Gewurz Dramenar country? Not really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. So your yeah, Pinot Gris. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like Gewurz from here. That's not a trick <laughs> question. Is my pronunciation so foreign? Maybe a bit. So that's a small, it's 0.8 hectare mm. lot in a fairly warm site in Bendigo, central yeah. Otago. And ripens quite early and yeah. we pick it young, try and keep the lemony, yeah. fresh acidity. Uh, hand pick it, whole bunch press, straight mm. to barrel, leave it. So yeah. then it's an old barrels. These barrels are, well, 10, 12 years old. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, just let them, um, let the juice uh, ferment wild. Yeah. So no inoculation. Let it go, and then it goes probably about 90% through the primary ferment, stops yep. invariably, then uh, rather uh, unconventionally goes through malolactic fermentation, so okay. it all the malic acid to lactic acid, and then uh, picks up the primary ferment around December, January. So all of that is laissez-faire winemaking, throw it in the barrel, leave it, and it does what it wants. But for us, that con- contributes to the real uh, levels of complexity and unorthodoxy that we like bone dry but with a soft um, mellow acidity and a lot of um, vineyard and barrel derived oh sorry um, I shouldn't say barrel but aging derived um, yeah. complexity that arises so it's quite saline yeah quite minerally taut and dry but with a just gentle creaminess around it yeah and slightly lemony type flavors which are offset by a kind of a um, oxidative peach kernel type character yeah and it's so clear isn't it it's just yes. like crystal clear i love the. it's just like wow i'm dangerously close to talking about ph here if you oh, talk I, about look we I could won't. just we could no we could do one minute on ph mm. that's low. okay it's low yeah. yeah it's just beautiful yeah and it keeps its freshness so mm. uh, you know all those things um that 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 sort of like Clarity of air that we have in central, and the yeah. low pH and the low phenolic or oxidative character, yeah. uh, then tends to oxymoronically into play with the uh, the more wild, drawn out ferment, yep. uh, which takes over a year. So you have that clarity and yet that slightly um, slightly off kilter. Ferment going on, so that to me is where the tension of the wine lies. Yeah, and it's. I guess the other thing is the beautiful thing is that it. It's just very. It's 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 fantastically there. It doesn't need to pop because it's done everything that it needs to do. It is just very beautiful. Kind of, it's sort of right where it needs to be. Yeah, that's right. It's, It's like meeting someone who you know they have equal doses of good and bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. 
There's another jet flies over. This is another in New Zealand. That's right. It seems very busy, although <laughs> not at all, fortunately, where we are in the courtyard. Yes, it's, um, it kind of punctuates your times of quietness that you see the plane loads of people coming, which is reassuring. Yeah. You want that to stop. Yeah. You know, the strange thing for me was flying in this time, and I haven't been here for some years, and... Uh, of course, when you're flying in the winter, it's easy to get the drama, right? Because yeah. it's just total yeah. Middle Earth and there's yeah. nothing more about it. It's yeah. just you are very aware of where you are. It is kind of crazy. Yes. And so I thought, I'm wondering if that magic, if I can call it that, I wonder if that magic's going to happen midsummer for me, if that makes sense. When you fly in? Yeah. Or, um... Yeah, I wonder if the mountains are just going to... Kind of yeah, well, sometimes they're snowy anyway. So, yeah. That, you know, <laughs> the, the magic might be confined to your hotel room for three days straight while it snows in January. <laughs> That's right. And hopefully it is for those that, that are in that particular position. It is more glorious in summertime, I think. Yeah. The sun's out and yeah. you can lay along yeah. on the shores of Lake Wakatipu or take a hike or, yeah. you know, walk, go up into the root burn uh, or um, maybe take a fishing trip. Uh, jet boat. Uh, have you have boat. you done any of the fishing trip stuff? Because somebody talked about fishing trip stuff, and I thought I had never done one. Actually. No, no, yeah. I've got um, friends who are tour guides, but um, no. I, okay. I yeah. 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 No, I, I shoot my fish like yeah. New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I I don't. I I mean, yeah. Personally, I just go where. Like well, I'll tell you what, I, I actually went across, is it the Hilton Hotel across the other side there? I took the water, water taxi across there yep. yesterday. Nice. And uh, I probably won't have time to show you my photos today, but um, I'd like to send you a couple that I took from there. Just sort of from one. The Hilton? Yeah. You know, so that's a nice, that's a pretty cool 20 minute boat trip from downtown Queensland across actually. the lake. Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden you're over the other side looking at. And it's a different perspective, but no matter what, you're surrounded by mountains. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It uh, doesn't matter. So if you go up the delta, past Glenorchy on the delta. Ah, yes, yeah. Yeah, um, you can do a, a jet boat up there, a safari and whatnot. So Lord of the Rings country. And it's just phenomenal when you're going up there and you look around you and all around you panoramic views of of mountains. It's just... Yeah. And, and, uh, National Park Forest and just spectacular. Yeah, yeah. Can't go wrong. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, even just last night down, uh, just down on the beach, mm -hmm. I guess, if you want to call it there. Just a whole lot of people sitting there doing something that I love, which was uh, I call sun worshipping. Just worshipping the sun as it goes down. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely nothing else to do but spend four hours drinking wine, watching the sun go down with some good company. Maybe a takeaway pizza, who knows, it didn't matter. No, that's the nice thing. It's going down at 9.30 and 10 o'clock at night, oh, so no, far south. So during the summertime, that, that's time to be. So, yeah. Um, Yep, sadly we haven't had a great summer, so there haven't been many nights like that. But yeah. It's, uh, it's, gosh, it's luxurious when it happens. Mm. That day was the best summer we ever had. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, it certainly was yesterday. <laughs> well, actually, it's also today. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. So we need good weather from now and um, 
the harvest. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So where are we on the harvest uh, schedule in terms of, I don't want to ask you any heavy work questions, so we'll try and avoid not, this. not um, urgent enough because I'm sitting here drinking. <laughs> that's right, because you know that the, what, the sun's doing half the work for you? Um, there must be some element Yeah, so uh, right now um, it's it's coming towards late February and our vines are coming through the raisin. So we're probably looking at uh, early early April. Yeah, okay, perfect. Good. Um, so usually it always happens some, somehow around Easter. We, we never quite manage to get Easter off. Yeah, so you'll never have an Easter holiday. You realised that years ago, uh, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so on that kind of bit of a rough summer here in Queenstown this yeah. year in terms of pretty cloudy and plenty of rain, I understand. Is that right, more or less? Relative for the place, yep, yes. sure. It's a dry place, though, so yeah. and free-draining soil. So That's right, like so it's not retaining anything, yeah. yeah. And so uh, this season compared to, let's talk about, I guess we're now talking about the 2016 vintage as opposed to previous 2014, mm-hmm. 13, 15. How's, how's things shaping up in terms of, so this is going to be a later harvest, a later pick for you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Altogether a little bit more scrappy and wayward. Yeah. Uh, and we'll be able to talk more definitively when the fruit's in. And yeah. Then we'll probably tell you we can't tell yet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like yeah. biting our time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but generally the flowering uh, was dragged out in windy conditions during flowering. So we've got a lot of... Uh, hen and chicken, large berries, small berries, and pretty open bunches. So so does that mean then that when you start picking, that you're going down you're going down each of the, the rows and going, well, okay, so today we're going to be picking this because that's all we've got that's ready today, tomorrow, this week, and then we're going down next week and getting that other stuff that's kind of hidden under there because it's, is that kind of how it works? Or no, it's quite it different. makes the picking decision more critical Yeah, because yeah. that... Uh, disparity between berries within the bunch makes getting an average of, yeah. of what you have mm-hmm. more difficult to analyze. So you've got to be really spot on yeah. um, with with when you pick because uh, some some of the berries, the larger ones, the big orbs, yeah. uh, might be sitting at twenty two, twenty three bricks. Some of the smaller ones might be. 27, 28. So, yeah. how you, how, you know, that spread across, uh, and yeah, the standard deviation is bad as pH, but that that spread around the the mean um, or the average um, sugar ripeness is or uh, is very difficult just to get spot on. So, sure. yeah, it's a, it's a tough year in, yeah. in that respect. The yep. good thing is, yep. it's cool. So those. Those bunches with a lot of small berries yep. in a warmer subregion like Bendigo will definitely ripen sure. and will get huge surface area to volume ratio, a lot of skins, skin to juice um, ratio. Uh, it will be very high, so yeah, high uh, skin to juice ratio. So that means we'll get intensity of flavor and color. It's just getting it at the right spot. And um, we tend now to err on the picking early side because it. Um, loathe the, the sort of porty overripe slick fruit side of things. Yeah, and I guess you're getting a bit of extra sweetness in there you don't want as well, is that right? That's right, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and um, more and more we, well, now we, we um, you know, if you look at all of central Otago, uh, yeah. you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, vintage like 2002, very warm, 
yeah. ripe, yeah. big, bold flavors. And everyone sort of stood, stood back agape at what this area could do. Yeah. Uh, and, and that, that proved, proved to uh, many people that we could get richness and ripeness and yeah. size, largesse. But those are anachronistic terms now when you look at finesse, structure, yeah. typicity of place. So how to get that out of uh, out of what we have now is is difficult, yeah. But um, at the same time, exciting because uh, it's a cool year yeah. that, that hopefully will have a um, uh, an even sort of run in, so that the, the smaller berries don't desiccate and shrivel. Yeah, and, and I, I I suppose that other I guess what are we talking Easter pick? Uh, I'm thinking sort of April, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Um, is there is there also how long is the picking season? Is it uh, are we talking weeks, days, months? Depends what you make. So we make sparkling wine and late harvest, so right. it goes on for a couple. Okay, know, so you're picking months. in May. We yes, okay. um, sometimes June for the late harvest, but yeah. essentially the the the, the the sparkling ones picked uh, mid-March. Yep. I mean, April's just um, Pinot. Yeah, okay. And all the other varieties um, yeah. until early May. Yeah. So you're really busy uh, for, a, for a month or so. Late yeah. March, April is full on. Yeah. So, um, mid, so April the 10th through the 20th is there. Yeah, okay. The, um, the most busy times we bring fruit in, okay. finishing some ferments, pressing off, going to barrel, bringing yeah. the beer. Okay. Yeah. There we are. I'm a big, a big fan of South African rosés, and uh, let's talk about this rosé. What can you tell me? Well, it's made out of Pinot Noir. Yep. And it's made from a couple of vineyards designated. For rosé production, oh, so yeah. it's not a senior, it's not bled off. Yep, okay. Out of, uh, it's ex- existing ferment, so we'll always um, make our rosé from vineyards that we've designated in advance right. for rosé, and that okay. allows you to um, target your viticulture for that. Yep, sure. So to try and promote aromatics um, and freshness, and pick at an earlier state than you would for um, for table pinot. So right. we by far prefer the uh, the, um, the the pick and specifically target a site for rosé than any other method of production. So right, we'll pick it, um, destem it, yep, keep it in tank for twenty four hours. So, um, we used to uh, we used to extract it longer. I've always thought. Uh, you know, we always get asked how how long, how many hours on skins does rose they have, and okay. for me, it always depends on whether we pick it on a Friday or on a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's it's right. on a Friday, it's forty eight hours, yeah, or seventy two hours, so we get the weekend off. If it's a Tuesday, it's twenty four hours. So. Yeah, but um, these days we have a very uh, much more delicate uh, touch. So destemmed, put yeah. onto tank, left, yeah. dug out the next day, pressed, done. Yeah. Uh, for men, because the old days we used to must pump it or crush it, must pump, right. pump it over for a couple of days and try and get some more colour. But freshness and brightness is what it's all about. And it seems to have very good legs on it. Am I just imagining that in the sunlight because I'm yeah. on my second glass? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's um, it seems it, very it's, rich. Yeah, well, it's very textural. Yeah, um, you know, and and um, again, it comes from from the right. Kind of vineyard. Yeah, right. Okay. So this is so this is much more about 
real purpose in place well ahead of time. Uh, yes, and, and having a nice uh, fruit sweetness. So it's yeah. definitely, um, so it's got a lovely ripe strawberry and That's good and luck, by the way. Berry type. I asked for one of those. Dandelion. Yeah. Um, uh, berry type uh, aromatics and and uh, but sugar dries. It's about you know, dryish. It's six grams per liter. So yeah, it's, so it's great that it's dry. I guess maybe um, it, I I probably know a lot of people that don't drink a lot of ro- uh, rosé, which I think is a real shame because I love it when it's cold and it's you know yeah. really very much like this real yeah. to me and great for lunch. You know. Yeah. Um, uh, any thoughts on why people don't drink so much rosé? They just don't know it, or it's got yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and you know, with um, you know, track history of people making sweet rosé. Yeah, um, which was awful. You know, I, Wasn't I guess it? those things do have a hangover, sadly. But yeah, I think the world's changing and, and yeah. quite rapidly. So the the, far, the the wine with the fastest growth and um, in the UK is rosé, and everyone's drinking that. Yeah. stuff and, and yeah. all manner of forms of cocktails and whatnot so we're finding out we've doubled um, production yeah this wine this yep. last year because sure. we kept on increasing production running okay. out, so it's become yeah. more and more popular one thing about it it's very versatile so you can you can drink it with um so many different types of food i was thinking that mm. yeah okay yeah so it, it and it crosses cultural uh culinary divides as well so Fantastic with uh, Chinese Sichuan, yeah, uh, yeah, yep. that smokiness yeah. or spice that you can yep. have with that, or any of the Chinese type, type style foods and Japanese, fantastic as well, right? Sure. Um, and I'm guessing it feels like something I could have with an Indian very easily, in the same way that I'd have a beer with an Indian. For exactly. Example, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely right. I, I, good. Good work for remembering that because I kind of forgotten. Um, it's it's cleansing and it's bright. So yeah. yeah. Your Vindies? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah, you certainly don't want to be having a big, heavy Cabernet Sauvignon with one of those, I don't think. That's no, really hard to yeah. get the red wine right with that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Mm. I've tried Australian Shiraz. That, to me, to oh, me yes. that, that's not too bad. Yeah, okay. You need something with some sort of sweetness and yeah. so sweet, gooby fruit and um, and and. Soft ripe tannins. Yeah, yeah. Actually, one of the things. Uh, so uh, that when I was in um, the Hunter region in Australia, have been there. Yes. Yeah. So they, well, they are doing. They have been doing for some time. Uh, they're calling the sparkling Shiraz, yep. um, which I guess a kind of a. Is it a twist on the Lambrusco or is it Lambrusco really? Oh. What do you think? Well, I, I think it's uh, like taking it to a. a, a, a a better place. Okay, yeah. yeah so I'm wondering. It's that. it's it's not really um, a version of. Thankfully, yeah, it's, yeah. it's more like um, you've you've taken something which has uh, made it uniquely Australian and, and quite good. So, yeah, yeah. I know it's probably like. Um, what a Fiermont is to a Mondeo. Well, <laughs> that's, that's right. I mean, the first time I had it, I was just like, wow, so so this is definitely uh, not an Umbrusco. This is definitely something way above yeah. it. And I think there was just, uh, you know, a culture has with a very, very fine bubble through it. It was just, yeah. this is, this is. This is quite an adventure. This is phenomenal. This is this is dangerous. Well, I have been asked by a person who, who used that, touted that as an example. Yeah. Um, 
why don't you guys do that with Pinot Noir? And I had to explain to him. Well, yeah. That's a classic method tradition. That, that's the champagne. Wine. Yeah, that's right. So we do. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Actually, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah you know, yeah. Yeah, it, it is a, it, it's like a beautiful shock to the system. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. You know. And I, I, I don't know how much it's developed. I haven't been back to the Hunter uh, in years. I don't think it's really taken off in the way I believe that it could or it can and might. Um, so I'm interested all, to hear what you think. Actually, it's all about um, identity and understanding the place, I guess. And, yeah. and um, interestingly, at the at the Pinot 2017 conference that just happened in Wellington, yeah. um, there was a, a, a section discussing what is greatness, and one of the wines poured yeah. was a Hunter Valley Pinot Noir. And oh, who, really? And who would I can't remember the name? I'm yeah. sorry, but who would have who would have guessed and who would have imagined um, who would have imagined having to pick on Christmas Day or do sampling right. <laughs> something wrong with the earliness of harvest but yeah um, sure. so so I think hunters um, developed well I'm not an expert on it at all but at least there's a distinct um, early picking yeah. clarity to, yeah. to, the, to the wines there yeah. fantastic semions yeah. and distinct Shirazes but I, I didn't know there was a Pinot uh, industry then and, and to find out how good and clear cut right. the thing was is quite a surprise yeah. and a, a, an annoying shock yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> well you can imagine also what a, a shock it's like to be there kind of I guess yeah. like uh, you know January so hot and just so dry and so all of those characteristics and then and you've been drinking wine for how many hours I can't tell you you've done the whole tour you've got some fluffy toys beside you and you're not quite sure how you got those they're dead kangaroos <laughs> that's, that's right yeah that's yeah and then there's roadkill between all the know, between all the vineyards it's slightly challenging yeah. but uh, and then all of a sudden you get to this vineyard and they bring out a cold Shiraz with this very fine bubbling and it's kind of like yeah just lay me down <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I, I think what, why are you there? Beautiful. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, you know? that's yeah. the draw of yeah. all of the tour, the regions and um, around the world. Like, you've got to have something to to bring you there in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Isn't yeah. it nice to lie down and surrender? Oh, in, totally. In different places yeah. around the world. Yeah, and so. I haven't had a chance to ask you about China anything, but um, uh, we'll go there soon. Perhaps we should, well, maybe we should talk about China Terrace, because I, I yep. sense that's a place rather than... It is, yeah. So, so um, it's, I'll pour you the Chardonnay okay. and the Pinot. So Very kind. For us, it's a um, six-hectare vineyard, 50-50 Chardonnay right. Pinot. So, uh, just move my plate out of the way. Um, so, it comes from Bendigo and yep. one of the higher altitude um, terraces up there. Gently sloping terrace yep. under the Dunstan Ranger. So, they, if you can imagine, like, tower over you like you're uh, in some spaghetti western. Very right. dry, arid, yeah. amazing country. Yep. It's a bit of uh, Manuka scrub up there. And, right. Um, big schist rock enclaves uh, coming out there. You, you look in the hills and you, you have this desire to smoke them out. Yeah, right. <laughs> whoever the enemies are, the baddies, but uh, it could be Clint Eastwood stuff yep. um, very easily. Um, but um, the history is actually quite interesting. That, that was mined during... 
the 1860s onwards during the Bendigo Gold Rush. Right. And on the China Cherish, that's where the Chinese miners were living. Right, that's sure. His name. So it's, we've called the, the wine name after the name of the name itself. Yeah. Thank you, Air New Zealand. Jetstar brought me here, by the way. I'm going to negotiate with them to come on board and sponsor my next trip. Very good. I, <laughs> You'll be hoping I come after car, after harvest. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe the next orange and grey beauty will fly over soon, but that was another Air New Zealand one. But the, it was a pretty hard land. It is hard land. Sure. And I can only imagine what the conditions were like from people coming from typically the Guangdong region yep. in uh, southern China, the travellers who are coming over here to earn money to send back to their family. Would they have been water blasting in, the, in that region? Probably not just pick and shovel. Yeah, not so much, actually. Um, there was more, um, there were some very deep um, exploratory um, uh, mines. Okay, sure. Yep. Uh, so they're hundreds of metres, uh, big mine shafts. Yeah, right. So they were good at explosives and, and tunneling experts. So right. we, in New Zealand, um, uh, revered them. Yeah, when absolutely. They were there and then charged them poll tax in the early 20th century, the less illustrious part of our history. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Thank you for being here and doing your work. Now, pay tax for being a foreigner. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so down here, I, but I, I can only but imagine what it would have been like getting used to the, the wild swings of weather. So hot enough during the day, but cold at night, and then snowing during the wintertime and dry, arid ground. Lord knows what it would have been like for, for people coming from um, Guangdong region because they're very different. And of course, they were living in stone houses or yes. sort of um, mud huts, really. I guess a lot of that um, mud brick. Uh, stone. Yeah. yeah, you're right. The schist and um, yeah, that offered probably meagre uh, resistance to the conditions. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. Uh, so I think the community was at three or five thousand strong. In yeah. Bingo, so Fantastic. quite quite strong. They had a um, schoolhouse there, which one of our vineyards is named after. Right. They had bakery, yep. pubs, right. um, uh, banks, so things were... So, But, um, yeah, reading a bit about the history that some of the miners used to go down there, cash in their takings for a week, and yep. and buy grog and go up to their um, housing and light a bonfire and, and sing. And apparently by by midnight as the moon's coming up and um, darkness envelops Bendigo, you could hear them, their wailings, probably like you'd hear a uh, wolf across the steps of uh, Wyoming, these, these deranged screams of, of miners. And I, I totally understand why. It would drive me mad. Yeah. No, no cities, no cars, no, nothing to, to bring you back to civilization as we know. It's, yeah. a, it's an arid, dry, somewhat... Um, Difficult landscape to imagine living in. So, yeah, and so yeah. the whole community would have been around fire. Would have been so important, and yeah. uh, such a big kind of, and you know, stars, moon, uh, sunset, the whole the elements, the yep. key part of your evening's food, entertainment. Food, drink, hookers, yep. bread. That's right. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm pretty much as simple as that. Yeah. And, and yeah. Brought like um, bakery and booze would have been so important. The, the three. <laughs> The three B's: boobs, bakery, and booze. So That's right. It, 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 it. Yeah, and, and in fact, in New Zealand and Otago, it's um, 
gentrified in a way like um, farming is the states they didn't like um, the the type of people that mining brought in yeah but it brought money yeah it made to right. need the capital of um, New Zealand for a while yeah financially and yeah and allowed Queenstown to become what it is yeah and uh, not too many things have changed. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because last night I, I walked. It's so funny that you say that because la, last night I walked past uh, past one of the hotels and there was quite a bit of singing going on, and, yes. and the same sort of uh, songs, I guess, drinking songs as you might call them. And yeah. um, and at some stage this morning, I woke up about two a.m. and I heard some. Some wailing, if you oh, want yeah. to call it that. Yeah, yeah. So some of the lads out making their way home after yes, uh, too long yeah. under the stars, yes. <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> so no, no, no. maybe there's that hint of country that hasn't changed. No, I know. I, I mean, I, I think way back in the mining days, there would have been hard people looking for their fortune. Yeah. But they would have worked bloody hard. Yeah. It would have been yeah. very difficult to get all the gear in there and drag it in and establish yeah. it. And, maintain it and protect it for yourself and gosh I I can only but imagine what life's like if you sometimes you know on a like trip out there to look at the vineyards example whatever takes you know six hours but under a day in the sun I come back and kind of beat have a beer want to go to bed I'm spent and just even being under the under the sun there it's it's really hot and harsh. Yeah. Dry yeah, and arid. Yeah. And, and as beautiful as the environment can be in Otago, it has a cold edge to it. Like, it, it's broken many a person. Yeah. I don't want to be overdramatic there, but it's, yeah. it's just... There's it's not the softness that you'll get in, in New Zealand landscape if you go further north or Tasmania yeah. where you have this nice... Yeah. The rolling hills That's sort right. of thing. This is... Yeah. This is tough country. Yeah, it is rock and pillar, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, mm. yeah. So out of there, though, comes some really cool wine. Yes, yeah, so, so should we um, try the... Uh, what are we having off China Terrace? Yeah, we've tried the um, Chardonnay. Yes, that's right. That was uh, a so long story, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was, actually. No need to talk about it. it was that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's the uh, China Terrace Chardonnay. So this yep. is... Um, uh, we make two wines from here. This is a single clone, single site, so clone yep. 95. So sure. it's called 95 China Terrace Chardonnay. Yep. 2014 vintage we're trying here. Um, and it, it grow, it's um, grown on a west-facing little uh, slightly uh, an incline uh, to poking west. Uh, so we've just p- picked this wine from 10, 20 rows or so. Right. Wow. And uh, picked it, whole bunch pressed, and... Uh, about 450 litres per tonne, so very gentle extraction, just the first free run, straight into barrel, leave it, uh, full solids and whatnot for a natural, ferment natural malo. Yeah. And uh, I'm just pouring a splash in here, so I don't know if our listeners can hear it um, plopping into the glass. Maybe, yeah. Uh, I, I guess very different characteristics to... Uh, not necessarily those Australian Chardonnays, but very different. I mean, we're not getting any of that butteriness. We're not getting any of that oak. We're not getting all of that stuff out the window. This is really just flint and drive. Look, yeah. it's um, it's not a. It's about as far away from a buttery Chardonnay as you can get. I know it's fantastic. The, but the nice thing is the acidity is natural. Um, yeah, and and just there's no sort of sense of 
picking early in order to get a contrived linearity? Yeah, I was going to use the word, I don't get any sense of it being overworked. I don't get any sense of that at all. I can't smell any tools. I can just smell it as it it wants to be. Is that, can I say that? Yes, no, that's a very um, flattering way of putting it. Thank you. It's, um, but it's, it <coughs> tasted bloody awful once we bottled it. It's very tight and too right. mean. Yeah. Uh, personally, I think it's one of the, if, if not, <coughs> excuse me, it's, it's, I really like it. Um, yeah. You, know, you, you don't love all the wines you make, you, you, but I, I really like this because I, I, I think it shows huge complexity. Yeah. And, yeah. and a really nice line that's fine and yeah. it's driven. Yeah. To me, that's what um, the favorite, like central Otago through and through. Yeah. Not oddly enough for such a Pinot focus area, the Chardonnays aren't as well known. Yeah, of course not. <coughs> Damn cold. <coughs> now, I think we've got about five minutes of juice left. Good. So, <laughs> probably just about right, right? I think so. Yeah. So, we're going to wrap up on yeah. the Pinot Noir briefly, yeah? Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, perfect. I'll just have another pour. Just... <laughs> Do you want to... Um... Oh, yeah, that's tip me it out, Colin. Tip yeah. it out, and I'll just give you. Because it's been sitting in there for a bit. Throw it onto the floor. Into the floor. Into the garden. Oh, oh my. Feed the skinks. Oh, your shirt. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think we have to keep that. I've just sprayed my my the shirt. I wasn't allowed to wear. I just sprayed it with red wine. It's brilliant. Now, now you're allowed to wear it. Exactly. Thank you. I'm going to wear it tonight. Now. You look like a local. Yeah. Thank wine you so much. I feel, like I've, I feel like I've arrived. <laughs> Thanks to you. Well, Thanks you for the welcome, by yeah, the way. Yes, pleasure. That's right. Yeah. Of course. So Pinot from the same site. Yep. Gosh, it's showing its elevation. So it's 320 meters above sea level, and that's quite high in this cool cool uh, wine growing area of central and so the beautiful red fruits are bounding yeah. on the nose is bursting out there um on the on the palate it's uh it tends a bit savory too and we, i was we gonna that. ask uh, you that yeah, yeah. well it's a real character of the vineyard and this is why i like having um distinct single vineyard pinots it's not in my mind it's not self-indulgent um, 70s style um, prog rock yeah, uh, wank. Yeah. It's actually yeah. the chance to show um, different sites exhibit their own characteristics and I don't see the point in blending them yeah. when they, they have their own uniqueness and people can then come and go and choose or whatever if they like uh, which style they which style like, they like, which vineyard they like and yeah. I'm constantly amazed at how quickly people uh, form their favourites yeah, and remember yeah, the names. Yeah. I've heard over the years from wine writers, oh, don't confuse people. To me, that's bullshit. Mm. I, I think you should give them ample opportunity to explore what you have. Yep. This comes back to what you're asking about, the cool labels with beer and, yeah. and, and, and wine and whatnot. I think just give people the opportunity to have a, a, a plethora of, of um, different options. Don't yep. treat them like they're stupid and just yep. make one wine like that's all they want. Yeah. Give them cool options and, yeah. and let them go. They can buy into it as yep. much as they, they can inquire about soil or the place or whatever yeah. or not at all. They yeah. Just like the name. Who, who cares? Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. But, but it's Loved so cool. the name, loved the label. Yeah. And loved the wine. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a, buy, a valid buy-in yeah. or I only like um, 
Bendigo, not Gibston, for yeah, example, sure. or vice versa. Yeah, so, yeah, so yeah. people can, but but to to lean them away to me uh, kind of misses the point. There's one thing that um, that I'm really excited about all of Central Otago now is yeah. that seeing the regionality and the um, the 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 wineries, big wineries like Mount Difficulty with their pipe clay terrace, for right, example, okay, or, uh, yeah. things like that. The, um, you know, Old Chard Farm, the mm. Tiger. Uh, you know, these are cool wines. Yeah, yeah. Really, really cool. You understand that from Felton, your, your Block 5, yeah. Ripon, your, yeah. um, your Tinker's um, Field and, and whatnot. You, these are small wineries. They are going to split up. But large wineries now getting into this sort of stuff and yeah. showing their best vineyards off as they get old. And that's valid because their vines are getting, you know, 20, 30 years old, 15, 20, 30 years old. That's pretty pretty awesome and they're not made to any distinct um, commercial ideal apart from be yourself that's right and so on that note should we wrap up with our be yourself yeah and wear, wear your shirt wear, <laughs> wear it on your shirt, shirt. Yeah. <laughs> that's right yeah. brilliant thank you so much yeah, for the most pleasure. amazing amazing day pleasure. cheers cheers yep. Thanks uh, for joining uh, Chris and I. A real uh, pleasure that uh, Chris had taken the time, I guess, to really give us a bit of a deep and uh, meaningful kind of walk through how some of these wines are produced here. As you know, uh, the scenery, the landscape, it's dramatic, it's dynamic, and uh, you really get a sense of it when you when you get into these wines and you can you can kind of really uh, I guess understand the work and the time, uh, the passion that goes into really making these incredible New Zealand wines here in uh, in the Gibson Valley here in Central Otago, and it really has been an amazing, amazing experience for me. I hope you enjoyed that. I uh, we've got a new destination um, coming up soon, and uh, I can't tell you what it is yet. We're just confirming that. But what I wanted to say was, please, uh, by all means. Go uh, to the links in this post with the uh, website address for Gibson Valley Wines. Uh, you can, of course, uh, you can Google them. Uh, they'll come up straight away. You can use all of the links that we've given you with links that take you straight through the restaurant and uh, all of the other areas of uh, the vineyard here that we've laid out for you inside the podcast so thank you very much for joining us thank you for your reviews a huge uh, thank you to chris of course and we look forward to catching you on the next podcast cheers if you're a listener in the u.s you can simply text the word eat mag which is e-a-t-t-m-a-g and if you want that in echo uh, art technology travel m for maggie a for apple G for grapple, uh, it's Eat Mag, and you can text that if you're in the US now to 1480-418-1411. If you're in Australia, you simply text the word Eat Mag to 61428-479-700. If you're in the United Kingdom, in the UK, Scotland, England, Wales, you can text Ireland as well. You can text Eat Mag to 44. 
567718. And if you're in Canada, you can simply text EATMAG to 1587-800-4323. And you can just replay those numbers. I know it sounds like there's a lot of numbers in there, but wherever you are, you can just text EATMAG from those four countries if you're in there, and we'll um, send you some instructions, and you can basically subscribe to our updates that way. So really pleased to finally get that off the ground, and uh, thank you very much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.